So this is the third session in our series uh, on Joseph called Overcomers Rising Above Life's Challenges. We, two weeks ago, we looked at uh, Joseph and how he was betrayed, how he overcome betrayal, and how we can do the same in our life when we are betrayed. Last week, we looked at uh, Joseph's situation uh, in which he was had to overcome temptation. And so uh, w- we also talked about how we can overcome temptation in our life as well. Today, we'll be looking at Joseph and how he overcame for, uh, forgottenness in his life, how he was forgotten, uh, particularly by Pharaoh's house. Uh, and how, does, how do we deal with that when we feel like we've been forgotten too? So Genesis chapter 39 Looking at verses 21 through 23, and then chapter 40, verses 5 through 8, and then verses 20 through 23. And uh, let's, I mean, I'm going to read the text first, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. He was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything that he did successful. The Egyptians, king, the Egyptian king's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. This is verse, uh, chapter 40, verse 5. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. Verse 6 of chapter 40. When Joseph came to them in the morning... He saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? Verse 8, we had dreams. They said to him, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. Chapter 40, verse 20 through 23. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all his servants He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as a cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So let's pray for a minute. Lord, we ask you to bless your word to our hearts today, that in this time of much uh, darkness or uncertainty in our world um, due to the uh, pandemic of coronavirus. Uh, it's easy for us to feel like maybe we've been forgotten by you. So today, Lord, we pray that through the life of Joseph, you would speak to us about how um, you have a covenant with us and that you do not forget your own who are part of the covenant. Help us through the life of Joseph to see how he overcame forgottenness. And help us to recognize the favor that you bestow upon that of your own. And we pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so just a little bit of background to this. If you remember, Joseph uh, last week was being tempted by Potiphar's wife. Uh, he resisted the temptation. He fled. She accused him of, uh, of rape. Uh, Potiphar threw him into prison. Now, normally, since Joseph was a foreigner and a slave, he would have been executed. But so uh, the fact that Joseph got thrown into prison was a milder punishment than what he would have gotten, which would have been death. Um, so and, and some people speculate and say, well, maybe that was so because 
Potiphar had suspicions about his wife's statements. So rather than kill Joseph, he just put him in prison. So here we see Joseph having been forgotten by his father Jacob, by his brothers who betrayed him. He rose to favor in, in the Egyptian household of Potiphar. And then this happened, and he, got, he gets thrown into prison. Um, and, uh, and so the word, uh, by the way, in chapter 40, verse 5, cupbearer, uh, if you notice, it says, who's, who's a cupbearer? A cupbearer is a staff survi- uh, supervisor and is responsible for, for tasting uh, the ruler's wine before serving it to him just to make sure there's nothing poisonous about it. Oftentimes, the cupbearer was the ruler's confidant, kind of like a, a political advisor, if you would. Chapter 40, verse 20, says that he lifted up the heads, which means, uh, the phrase means, has a devil meaning. It means restoration for the cupbearer and death for the chief baker. So uh, here we see where Joseph's in prison, and being in prison, um, he it says here the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him, which means the Lord granted Joseph favor, granted him favor uh, in the eyes of the prison warden. We don't know exactly how that took place. Uh, we just know that uh, Joseph rose to, even in prison, to a place of prominence or of excellence. And I think uh, it's important to recognize that Joseph remained faithful to God by turning to him in the midst of his great devastation. Now, you can imagine the heartbreak, the feeling of, gosh, you know, what's happened to my life? It's been turned upside down, you know, uh, from my brothers betraying me to, um, you know, Potiphar's wife accusing me, and now here I'm in prison. Um, but Joseph remains faithful to God in the midst of all this, even though he doesn't have the understanding and can't even see the way out. Uh, but God gifted him uh, and equipped Joseph to dream and to lead. And Joseph used both of these gifts even while he's in prison. He managed a life there in prison of excellence. Again, we don't know how. The Scripture doesn't tell us exactly what he did, but we just know the results of whatever he did. It brought about an excellence where he had favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And, 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 and the Scripture says that the hand of the Lord was with Joseph. And here we see the Lord's sovereignty that, uh, that in the womb of Joseph's mother, he had a plan and purpose for him. And he has a plan and purpose for you and for me. Perhaps right now uh, in this pandemic that's going across the world in the coronavirus with all its financial uncertainty and even, even financial collapse at uh, that we're experiencing. People have lost their jobs. They lost their savings. They lost um, stock market investments in a great way. Um, you know, and while there's the promise of all this will come back, uh, we're all not sure, and we're not sure when. Uh, and it feels like our life has been turned upside down. Some have suffered physical ailments uh, because of the coronavirus. Some have experienced uh, uh, death. Some others experienced loved ones that have passed away. Um, do this. And, and all this is feeling like our world has been turned upside down. Where were we on January 1st, 2021? We were, most of us probably were expecting a very healthy, prosperous 2020. So January 1st, 2020, where were we? Where were you? Um, 
many of us were looking to a year 2020 with great hopefulness. And in just a period of a couple of weeks, life was turned upside down it, it, uh, for all of us and throughout the world. Can we see the Lord's hand of faithfulness to us? Can we see the Lord's kindness and favor upon our life? Can we look for that? We're going to talk about, towards the end of today's uh, Bible study, how we can do that. But let's go back to Joseph. Certainly, he was in that situation. Joseph went from being a favorite son of Jacob to a slave in the Egyptian household to rising to a level of excellence, then become thrown into prison as a slave. But Joseph distinguished himself with excellence even while he was in prison and had the respect of the warden and the other prisoners. And then what happened? Um, The Egyptian kings, cupbearer and baker, also got thrown into jail. We don't know what they did to offend Pharaoh. We just know that they were there. And Joseph was to be their personal attendant. Look at uh, verse 4, which preceded, of course, uh, chapter 40, verse 4, talks about how Joseph was assigned to them. So these advisors to Pharaoh now had Joseph as their personal attendant. And the language there means that Joseph um, was some, uh, cared for them. Uh, so it says in verse uh, 6, when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they, were, they looked distraught. So here we see the compassion in Joseph's heart. Uh, and he, so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in the custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? And they began to tell him about their dreams. They had no one to interpret their dreams. Well, Joseph was their personal tenant. He had a compassion for them. So, and Joseph's gift the Lord has given him was to be able to interpret dreams. That was part of his gifts of leadership. And so he did for them. Uh, so, he had great insight and shared that insight with them. Now, let's face it. I mean, um, Joseph could have said in a very selfish way, hey, look, um, you know, I've got to look out for me. I've got to be interested in me. You know, um, that's, that's kind of like what my motivation and theme is here. But that's not what Joseph's heart was. He cared for these men. And so he interpreted their dreams. So Joseph was 17 when he was sold into Egypt. And he was 30 when he was delivered from prison. So he spent 13 years as a servant, as a prisoner. Eventually, he would rise back up into Pharaoh's courts as the second in command. Let's look at chapter 40, verses 20 through 23. uh, And we see where uh, Joseph, um, you know, said to them, remember me when you come into Pharaoh's court. In other words, when you get released, go back into Pharaoh's court, remember me. They didn't. They forgot him. In other words, they deliberately didn't say anything about Joseph at all. They didn't kind of stand up for him. They didn't speak on his behalf. They didn't try to intervene. Here he was going out of his way to help them in prison, and they couldn't even remember him before Pharaoh. How did Joseph deal with this? Um, how how, How did he deal with the fact that he was forgotten by them, by men? Well, Joseph knew that while he was forgotten by men, he was not forgotten by God. That God had a covenant with him through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now with him. And that Joseph walked in in confidence in God's plan and love for him and the covenant he had for him. 
he recognized that this tragedy in his life was not terminal, that his disappointment was not the final chapter to be written in his life. He realized the pain he was undergoing uh, emotionally and psychologically was not ultimate in his life. And how did he know that? Because he knew he was a child of God. He knew that he was part of the covenant. The final word to be spoken in his life was not pain or disappointment or tragedy, but the final word in Joseph's life was a word spoken that he was a child of God. He was part of the covenant. So let's take a look at how we can practically apply that to our life today. Uh, What we believe about God matters, and where it shows up most is when we face challenges in our life, where our life seems to be turned upside down. If my worldview is all about, I got to think about me first, or do whatever feels good, or whatever works for, for you, do it, or God doesn't really matter, um, I just got to live my life as my own, or you're kind of like on your own. That kind of mindset and attitude um, shows up as a real weakness in times that we face when we're challenged. But if we recognize that we're made for God's purposes, our life is shaped then by his plan for his, for his purposes for our life, plans to worship him, plans to be conformed into Christ, plans to serve others, to be on mission in this world. You know, if we recognize our life was made for his purposes, then our life will be shaped by his thoughts. So how do we do that? Well, I think, first of all, we have to recognize that the truth of who the Lord is is found in his word in sacred scripture. We really need to build our life upon God's word, rather than popular opinion. That's a decision that each of us have to make. It's an important decision because how we decide will show up in times of great challenge in our life. The second thing is we need to turn from the world in our life to the Word of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, St. Paul says about be renewed in your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed in your mind so you can judge what is good, pleasing, and perfect in God's sight. So in other words... We're to be transformed in how we see the purposes of our life, how we see our attitudes and behavior and lifestyles. In other words, we're to measure all that against the words of God in sacred scripture. And and our minds are to be renewed. It's not something we can do just simply on our own. We need God's word. We also need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit that can empower us. So praying for more of the Holy Spirit, more of his presence, more of his power to help us can change our thoughts and change our minds and to show us where in our life we conform our life to attitudes and behaviors of the world. Because again, what we hang on to with the world in times of challenge will, will make our life weaker, not stronger. But if our mind is being renewed in God's word and we open our hearts to the grace and power of his spirit, we will have what it needs in times of, of challenge. And lastly, concern yourself with God's agenda. Uh, sometimes uh, we're taught in our world, our culture, to concern ourselves with our agenda. Joseph, in prison, concerned himself with God's agenda, and God granted him favor in the midst of his life circumstances. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. We're called to seek God's agenda for our life first, to seek the priority of his truth and his vision for our life first. And, then, and the promise is of Jesus, he'll provide everything else. So 
we can rise and overcome our challenges. We can grow in the awareness in the midst of challenges in our life because of the covenant relationship we have with God, that we're his sons and daughters. But if our minds and hearts are not being renewed in God's word, if we're not being grounded in the truth of who the Lord is, his faithfulness and his power, if we're not, if we're not certain of the character of the Lord, then in times of challenge, we'll not have a very good foundation to rest on, to stand on. And we'll find our life being very much tossed here and there. But if we build upon his word and grow in the character of who he is, and we have our own heart and mind renewed by God's word in Scripture, and we turn to the Holy Spirit to help us, then we'll find our minds and hearts and our lives being conformed more and more to the truth of who the Lord is and his character. And in times of challenge, we'll be able to stand strong and actually be a light and a beacon to others who are going through difficult times. So let's pray. So Lord, as Joseph found himself going from the highest place in Potiphar's household as an administrator to the prison, to being accused falsely, we know that he never lost sight of you, Lord, that he always trusted you because he knew he was part of the covenant, and you granted him favor. So we pray today, Lord, that uh, in the midst of the challenges of our own personal lives, in the midst of the challenges that we face in our culture, in our world today, that we would build our life upon the truth of who you are, the character of who you are, that we would turn from the world to turn to your words, so our hearts and minds, our attitudes, our lifestyles may be conformed to the word of God in scripture, so that we would concern ourselves with your agenda for our life and every aspect of our life, so we can build a foundation that will be strong, not only in this time, but that we can be a light to others who are truly hurting and uncertain in the days that we live in, that we can be a light and a beacon to them. And we pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.